Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for today. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann and the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, I can't even wait to introduce you to the Better Choice Company. Their CEO is on Scott Lerner. He's got an incredible background in consumer products, and um, we've got a lot to learn from him today. We're going to be talking the world of pet. Scott, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to chat today. Yeah, man. It's so great to meet you and connect with you. Um, I love your background um and and it's it's perfect for what we're here to talk about and i can't wait to see kind of your path and how you got to where you are and how it's impacting um the company you're working with today so let's do this before we get to the actual business of better choice um how about share with our listening audience a little bit about you and your path in the industry sure thing so i guess this past year i actually turned 50 so i feel like i'm an adult (laughs) finally but I'll take you for full circle back, uh, you know, to college, went to the University of Maryland undergrad and was got a business degree focused on marketing. And I wanted to do something different. So I actually joined the Marine Corps as an officer and did that for five years. Tremendous experience in terms of leadership management, as you can imagine, uh, then decided to get out uh, and get my MBA. So I went to Case Western in Cleveland. While I was at Case, I was actually interning at GE's lighting division, gave me a taste of sort of product brand management. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So after my MBA, I I got a job with Kimberly Clark up in Wisconsin, went through their sort of leadership brand management track, worked on various businesses, sort of touched everything related to consumer packaged goods, left Kimberly Clark, went down uh, to ConAgra Foods in Chicago, uh, managed the Parquet brand, uh, did that for a couple of years, and then moved over to PepsiCo, uh, worked on innovation. So I started to round out my skill set and, uh, and really work on more long-range innovation, new ideas. And when about 2007, the bit Pepsi bought a brand called Naked Juice. Yeah, of course. Familiar with that brand. Absolutely. Uh, I was moved out I was moved out to California with uh, about five other folks to you know, bring that into the fold. It was my foray into both the natural foods industry as well as entrepreneurship. Uh, at the time, that business, I think, was $70 million, which was a drop in the bucket at right. Pepsi. <laughs> PepsiCo, uh, so right. that really, yeah, it really afforded me the opportunity to um, sort of broaden my horizons in terms of entrepreneurial skill sets. While I was there, I was doing a lot of work with Whole Foods and in 2000, August of 2008, I, after walking, you know, Expo West a few times, oh, yeah, and of course, thinking how cool it would be to be an entrepreneur, not even knowing what an entrepreneur was. Uh, I was like, I convinced my wife or actually she convinced me to, to go take on, you know, a couple, one of the ideas that I had built up, uh, which was a functional beverage called Selixir. Uh, which if I joke, if I did it today, I'd probably be very, very successful because it's like everything out there, um, right. self-serve, right. with free juice, powered but with But maybe herbs, the timing was just off, right? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's, it is. A lot of this is timing, right? So um, funny. So kind of weird. Uh, August of 
August, September of 2008 was very much like it is now in terms of the economy and, and the stock market. But I decided to quit my job at Pepsi, move in with my in-laws back in uh, Illinois uh, with my 18-month-old son and truly bootstrap uh, the business. So, you know, went from wow. making six figures, whatever, with Pepsi to nothing uh, with this new startup, <laughs> right. raised about half a million dollars, uh, got a national launch of Whole Foods and kind of off I went. So raised quite a bit more money, did it for five years, sold that business, and then sort of migrated into the private equity track uh, as an operator. So I was um, building companies for private equity funds and then flipping them and selling them hopefully to a strategic and or another private equity fund. Uh, and then uh, did you know a couple of transactions there. And this opportunity came across my desk about 18 months ago. Uh, and it kind of fulfilled two things for me. Uh, I had obviously done the private equity route and I was really interested in running a public company. And sure. uh, this, this was at the time an OTC stock. We had plans to re-IPO, if you will, on New York Stock Exchange, which we did, and we can talk about that more. Yeah, uh, but absolutely. also, um, I'll I'll say I and my wife would corroborate with this that I, I tend to like dogs more than I like people many days. And <laughs> to play in the pet space. And it's got to be so have, great. I've got three dog. dogs. In fact, I'm sure any okay, minute so one know will what start barking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to, to play in that industry which is, you know, there's not as many opportunities as the broader CPG landscape. Uh, right. I was excited to to do that. So it at the time, Better Choice, I kind of coined it a $50 million startup, which was kind of unique, right? Like, where would you go and you'd have that type of, uh, you know, win behind your sales, but also sure. have the ability to apply all your entrepreneurial skill set. And I like fixing things more so than, you know, don't, rock, running. The, don't yeah. rock the boat. No, so, I totally uh, get this, that. this was like, this uh, scratched all the itches that I was looking for for my next gig. <laughs> no pun intended. Scale in <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I came over here uh, in, in January of uh, 2021 and basically rebuilt the company in, you know, call it a 12 month time frame, And obviously we can talk more about that, but it's been an exciting adventure for me. And, uh, you know, as I'm sitting here talking to you, my golden doodle Leo is, is <laughs> napping. So I'm a little bit jealous. So. I have a lab, a lab mix and a like Habanese mix and they are okay. all quiet right now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so yeah. funny when, what it's really cool too. You know, I always love, um, when I interview, um, guests on this podcast, so cool to hear people's path, you know what I mean? And how all these things, you know, kind of basically were building blocks to what you're doing now. Um, talk about better choice, like explain to our audience, uh, what you guys do in the pet space. I mean, the pet space is booming sure. right now, but what was it when you got there? What did that look like? And then yeah, we can talk yeah. about, you know, you're about two years in, like what's changed. So let's start with what it would look like when you got there. Yeah, sure. So, you know, my my chief operating officer, Rob Sourman, he was with uh, a private equity fund uh, called Pegasus, and they had they owned the Halo brand. Uh, then our chairman sort of put this thing together and, and took two businesses: the True Dog brand, uh, which is was a direct to consumer freeze dried raw business, and combined it with Halo, which is was primarily a, a kibble, you know, sort of standard cat and dog food uh, sure. product line. So those were put together and uh, and merged to the Better Choice Company, and, and like I said, it was an OTC stock uh, at at the time. So, you know what we do now is we 
make, I would say, the best premium and super premium dog and cat food on the planet. Uh, the bulk of our business revolves around uh, dry kibble uh, that we sell both into the pet specialty channel, which would be like Petco, Pet Supplies Plus, your independent pet food stores, as well as third-party e-commerce. Uh, so Amazon Chewy, we have our own direct consumer platform as well. And then a really large and growing international business uh, rooted in, in Asia, believe it or not. Um, you know, I like to say a golden retriever in Shanghai is no different than a golden retriever in Atlanta in right. terms of its nutritional needs. <laughs> sure. So it's, it's, that's what's awesome about PET. Um, not only is it you know, transfer globally, but also I, I kind of say it's like an annuity, right? Once I right. get Justin's dogs hooked on Halo, right? Hopefully, They're always going to be buying, buying it for you know fifteen yeah. years. And where totally. where where can you do that in the food and beverage industry? You can't. Like, there's a ton of switching. It's, there's not yeah, a lot of switching. So. You're right. It's so funny. I haven't thought about that, but you. I, mean, I think about the pet food we use, and um, it's not Halo, sadly. But I mean, like, I, it could be, right? But it will. It, be, it will right? be after this. After we hit yeah. end today. <laughs> But you're right. Like the idea of switching, it, you don't even think about it because you're just you're in a routine of you know what I mean. Like you're buying the same. It's over and over. I, I, yeah, I don't know about you, but it's kind of the rest of my route. I know yeah. it's getting low. I buy the next bag. I it's getting low. I buy yeah. the next bag. You know what I mean? It's just interesting. Well, the loyal. I mean, if you look at within pet, but if you if you get someone to buy three three bags, call it whatever, in a three month plus time frame, their loyalty rates can be up over eighty percent. So you just don't get that in like the potato chip category or the soda category. So it is, it is a great um, category to play in. And, and I, the other thing I love, and I actually remember this back when I was in a marketing class in college, the professor was like, if you're going to ever sell something, sell one of one thing that costs a lot, right. Versus a lot of a little um, or a little of a lot. Right. Or whatever you want to say that. A so, lot I mean, of the, the lower priced that, items that correct, takes a long time yeah, to add so up. So if we sell one bag at you know 70 to 80 dollars to justin once month you know that adds up very quickly from a revenue perspective so when i when i evaluate business opportunities you know obviously you're measured on top line growth and in order to get that right you need to sell and uh you know i think what's exciting for us is we have the ability to, to ramp up very quickly because of the price points that we play in Interesting. Well, and when you got there, what was the state of the business? Was it you? You said you're a fixer, and I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners yeah. are like, "Yeah, I'm either a builder, a fixer, um, or in the other camp, kind of an operator, right?" So, what was it like right. when you got there that you? So we had, you know, we had a couple brands that hadn't been touched really in a long time from a sure. marketing perspective, and and when I came in, I really said my thesis was three things, right? We needed a better, more experienced management team, which, which we did and added, uh, we needed better marketing and then we needed a new innovation pipeline, uh, to grow the business going forward and really match up to the mission statement, which I put in place, which has become the most premium or the most, um, innovative premium pet food company in the world. Um, so, you know, it was all designed to meet that, uh, goal. And so, you know, first and foremost, my key hire when I first started was our chief sales officer, Donald Young. He came over from a brand called Merrick, uh, and he has uh, you know, over 20 plus years in the industry. He had helped build the Nutro brand and sell that um, to Mars and then went in with Swander Pace and to Merrick and helped grow that to you know about $250 million in sales and then sell that to Nestle. So I knew if I got him on board, I could accelerate the launch 
path of uh, of better choice in Halo sure. because he had all the relationships. And also, you know, part of my the other part of my thesis was right in order to be innovative, we just couldn't do the same thing that everybody does over and over again in pet. And I had zero background in pet, which was an advantage because I didn't come in with a fresh set of eyes, but I needed someone to sort of counterbalance that. Right. So Donald, because of his experience in pet, he could, you know, sometimes say, wow, that's interesting. Like, let's go for it. Or like, yeah, that won't work. Or Petco won't like that. So um, we have, by design, I've, I have about you know a little over 50 people now in the company. I've hired close to 30 people since I started, and they come from all different walks of life. We do have people, you know, from the pet food industry, but like as an example, the woman that runs our, our omni-channel marketing efforts came from Crate and Barrel. I said to myself, wow, here's a brand, a company that has a, a really strong consumer journey, both offline and online. And why not take her learnings and apply it in the pet food industry versus just finding someone else that's been in the industry for 10 plus years. So, you know, that's the approach that we've taken is diversity, not only in sort of, you know, gender, race, religion, whatever, you know, the long list is, but more so in, in thinking and experience. And that's what has led itself to like if you look on our website, halopets.com and check out our new brand, Halo Elevate, that is now in Petco and Pet Supplies Plus, uh, it looks and feels and, and, and talks and acts different than any other pet food brand out there. Uh, and that was by design. Again, sure. uh, you know, I'm a big point of difference guy and differentiation. And if, especially as you know, as a consumer in the pet food space, uh, it was funny when we went into Petco the first time without really presenting any of our ideas they were like why would we need another pet food brand like another dog food brand like there's so many of them out there um and you know our point was well ours is different halo elevates different and it is and that's why they took it and you know we're in over a thousand pet codes right out the chute so wow amazing and then what did route to market look like were you what did you have presence in all the retail places you are today or what what and what did e-commerce look like you know talk about those types of things yeah so, you know, I did inherit what I would call an omni-channel business, as we talked about, brick and mortar, uh, you know, third-party e-commerce, DTC, and then that the other leg of the stool is the international piece. But, you know, what's crazy about our trajectory is that we were essentially on the way out of brick and mortar because the brands hadn't been touched, kind of really zero marketing before I got here. They weren't sustaining themselves from a velocity perspective on shelf at some of the you know, larger brick and mortar chains. So we were kind of like on the way out. So it was, that was the first thing that we needed to uh, combat, right, was to go back in in a stronger, more differentiated way with Halo Elevate, uh, which we did. And then we inherited our Amazon and Chewy business with our Halo Holistic brand, which is, is doing well. And then that Halo Holistic brand is being sold overseas. Uh, the DTC business. Uh, which, you know, actually, we just had a press release today. Sure. We fully integrated that, uh, the True Dog brand into Halo now. So True Dog, you know, quote unquote, doesn't exist anymore. And Got everything it. is wrapped around the, the Halo brand. Uh, you know, what I'm responsible for, obviously, being a public company is driving shareholder value. And what we're trying to do here is, you know, our, our set goals in the immediate future for next year is to be $100 million in revenue wow. and then really, you know, take this up to a quarter billion and then hopefully if someone's it. interested, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, then exit our <laughs> shareholders can make can make money 
uh, and hopefully significant money, you know, all of maybe, you know, fresh patterns and these other businesses. So um, that's, that's the path that, that we're on. And we've taken a unique approach from an omni-channel perspective um, because I'm sure you're aware in, in a lot of your conversations and, and you know, your background sure. of the sort of offline online um, battle and totally. pricing. Totally. And, you know, when Amazon prime day happened, right. it really Two weeks ago. pushes down the prices at the brick and mortar retailers. So that's right. what we've done is unique strategy, of um, taking Halo Elevate only into the brick and mortar pet specialty world Got and it. not you know, selling that on Amazon or Chewy and, and vice versa, not having a, a ton of presence with our holistic brand on independent pet food shelves where you know Chewy then would say, hey, we're going to go get those folks, bring them over. And then that they lose the customer, right? Which is not advantageous for them. So it's uh, a unique approach. And what's really been kind of, helpful for us is that uh, take a brand like Merrick that just, you know, within the last two years sold to a big strategic, uh, obviously once they grow to a certain point, they need more growth and, and where sure. did they go get that growth? Right. Walmart, right. Target, right. The grocery big, stores. Big and yeah. guess what? Yeah. And guess what? Like Petco, Pet Supplies Plus, your neighborhood pet food store loses that customer. That's right. Cause it's just more convenient for them to go buy it at Walmart and, and probably Absolutely. It's cheaper. So they, they helped pioneer these brands and now that customer left. And so, you know, we're saying to our partner, retail partners, like when we're here for the, you know, the, the 15 year time frame, right? Like your customer's not going to leave. They're not going to migrate over to Chewy and or Walmart or wherever the case may be. So sure. that's how they allowed us to get into such a large footprint right out the shoot. Cause like I laugh, I laugh. Um, we were, when I came in here, we were getting delisted out of Petco. <laughs> Oh and now God. we went back. Yeah. I mean, we went back what, like 30 days later and got over a thousand stores. You know, that just doesn't happen in wow. the CPG space, no. um, <laughs> let alone pet. So that was pretty, pretty exciting for us and, and obviously gave us a lot of uh, traction to build this thing quickly. Sure. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. When I was at Coca-Cola, we had similar where um, we would only allow certain brand product package types in certain channels so that you didn't have the situation that you were just talking about where the same package right. size shape is priced all over the board in different channels. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, there's this dirty word in our industry. I'm sure you know, map pricing. <laughs> map pricing. Yeah. <laughs> minimal advertised price. Um, yes. Yeah, and not everybody follows the map pricing. Uh, no. <laughs> which is a challenge, especially e-commerce. Um, what about who's your consumer or shopper, and has that shifted, or yeah. and how are you, yeah. you know, driving trial? So, right. So, one of the opportunities that we saw when we came into this was there was a growing, growing presence in Pat, right, for an older consumer, but the huge opportunity and one of the biggest consumers of the space is the millennial pet parent. If you I'm not a millennial, right? Uh, but if you know many millennials, <laughs> right. they are delaying getting married, maybe delaying having kids, and their pets really become their kids, and they right. treat them as such. And so they spend a ton on them. And there really, in my opinion, wasn't many brands that targeted that consumer in the way they, you know, they they talk, shop, you know, and just operate. So we're really focused on that millennial, you know, pet mom, if we, if we want to call her that, uh, and, and that's our focus. So because we're so 
hyper-focused on our target. We know where they're consuming media, you know, where they're shopping, how they're shopping. And they really are consumers of the omni-channel approach, right? Like if you, again, know a millennial, they will one day shop in-store, one day shop online on Amazon, the next day go right to the manufacturer's DTC site. So it's really when and where it's convenient to them. And so we needed to make sure we aligned our business as such, and then also generate a brand that resonates with them. So if, again, you go on halopets.com and you look at the Halo Elevate bag, you'd say, wow, okay, that looks like RX Bar or like other brands I'd see in Whole Foods. Right. It was specifically designed that way to take that insight of, hey, um, you know, Jessica is shopping uh, for these brands for her her own self. She's careful about what she puts in her body and, uh, you know, fluffy, her dog, (laughs) he doesn't get anything different. Right. So why not create a brand that looks and feels the same way uh, as her human food, which was played back to us. And and it's pretty powerful. So, you know, that was from a packaging design perspective specific to how we were going to go target that millennial consumer. And then, you know, I also, ask you after the podcast, go check out halopets.com and right. click on our 60 second spot on the webpage. And you'll probably get a kick out of it because it's the insight is we call it the world's best food for the world's best kids. And it really does play up the insight of uh, pets, Trump kids in many households. And uh, it, it's a pretty funny spot and, you know, like polarizing some extent, which my, my opinion's always been, if you're just lukewarm out there like you're just gonna die a slow death right Right. people either need to love you or hate you right and uh and this is certainly the case so we've modernized our approach in in look and feel we've modernized our approach in terms of how we're communicating with that millennial consumer and then placing media in places that they shop we're also using augmented reality uh if you go on our bag there's a qr code on the back that takes you to augmented reality uh experience that you can pull down a five dollar coupon you can compare and contrast versus other brands so you know again trying to be different than what's out there in, in the pet food landscape yeah, great packaging too. I have to say, like it's it really sticks out on the Thanks. shelf nicely. Um, in terms of as you think about growth, you're you're in the mode of are you are you thinking of adding additional lines, adding f- flavor types, mm-hmm. adding yeah. different types of pet? Like, what? How do you think about that? Let's say in the next six to sure. twelve months. You know, so where we're at right now is we we have a a pretty full portfolio of dog products. We're expanding out on our cat products, and then really rounding out the, the bowl, if you will, right? Adding more treats, adding freeze-dried <laughs> raw products, supplements, and and providing the best experience for our consumer. Uh, and then as we look to our innovation pipeline going forward is taking advantage of other interesting areas uh, in the category, you know, whether that be, you know, products like fresh food, uh, again, more supplement-based products. Sure. Uh, those are the things that we will continue to to look at, but, you know, I'm a big believer on if, if in fact, someday you want to hopefully sell your business, it's going to revolve around one strong brand that resonates with the consumer. And so we'll always be revolving around the halo brand. You won't have sort of a house of brands approach. Uh, And that's why we folded in the true dog business into halo. So we want halo to be the one stop shop for the 
the pet parent uh, for all their pet needs. And, you know, I think that's, that's the focus, right? And I, I joke sometimes there's different stages of businesses, right? And you don't have to be at the 10 year stage at year two, right? Like you just need to step, you know, step it up over time where like, Hey, if we take this to hundred million, 250 million, right. let perhaps someone else take it to a billion, right. Which sort of fills in different gaps, different channels. And so we're very focused on how we approach and approach sure. to build. Yep. And then kind of, I always say like, who do you want to be when you grow up? And, and that's who we want to be, right. We don't need to be right a billion dollars if we are great but you you need to take those baby steps along the way sure man you guys have got incredible reviews across the board on amazon too and you do subscribe and say which is really cool where you can get the extra 40 yeah off. i mean we're smart. our amazon business is strong and you know again this would probably interest you because of your background uh, i think you have some background there um uh in the e-commerce world is i said man i gotta find someone to help us on amazon who else could i who could i find <laughs> so i found someone that actually worked at amazon oh, and so he funny. was looking to, to come over to the manufacturing right. side so, so you funny. know our the guy who's running point on our business he kind of understands the black box and so it's it goes back to like my job as a ceo is I call it like the chief recruiter recruiting officer. Like <laughs> I'm CRO. only as good as my people and my, yeah, I'm only as good as my people and my team. Totally. And, uh, you know, I pride myself on my network and, uh, and having the ability to go find talent. And we were able to do that in all these spots. And so I wouldn't so even be cool. talking to you today yep. if I wasn't able to go get these people really quickly, uh, because it would just have either not happened or taken too much time. So it, you know, businesses don't die because, because of, uh, you know, kind of mediocre brands. It's just like, they don't have good people. So, so you know, that, that's been my key is, is both attracting talent, motivating them, getting them better. And then quite frankly, getting out of the way, you know, we have a decentralized system of command, if you will. And I, I preach this win from anywhere culture. We are virtual. Um, we have folks in, in, in a good bit of people in Tampa, Florida, wow, but I've good. hired people from, from Manhattan to Denver to San Diego, uh, and actually have two people in Atlanta now. So oh, that's awesome. uh, it's, it's very virtually based, but it's very much, I, I like to say a corporate ready product and an entrepreneurial package because I have a ton of people that, that have big CPG experience, right. uh, but also have an entrepreneurial bent to them. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean it's so unique and the angle you're taking in your background and, and it's really this is really really cool and exciting. Um you you're in the CEO role, you've been a leader in other businesses. You know, uh, we've got a lot of leaders that listen to this podcast. Like what will be two or three of your leadership principles? You just I think you just shared one or two by the way around sure, just kind yeah. of being uh, allowing um operations to happen and empowering others and getting out of the way. Right. I think that would be one. What would be one or two others though? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean the biggest thing I think is to set the, the the overall strategy so that people know which way to, to point themselves, but not be so micromanaging to cripple the process. So there's something from the Marine Corps that I still use today. We called it uh, commander's intent. So if sort of all things go haywire, what's the, the one thing that you want? your team to do 
right? And that will always be their North Star uh, going forward. And so if you provide that to them, and then you have an objective-based business. So we have, we have, um, it's funny, I'm a big structure guy, but structure provides creativity in my mind. I, I used to teach five years of entrepreneurship at Northwestern. Uh, and I talked about uh, innovation or creativity inside of a box, you know, sort of versus outside. Sure. How do you, how do you create creative outside of a box? Like it could be anything, right? You need to have parameters. So, you know, my job is just to provide the strategy, the intent and the parameters around it. So we have a very finite objective based uh, system where, you know, my, my mindset is everyone in the company, when they get up in the morning, they need to, they need to know what they need to do, right. To be successful. And that also then plays into the, the virtual work environment, because as you know, it can bleed over into, into your personal sort of life, life personal balance. Absolutely. And if you can't during the day, check off you know, sort of what you need to do. So then you can shut it down. Then it, it bleeds over and it creates conflict and, and then there's problems arise. So it's very much, again, strategy, structure, then provide the necessary resources and, and evaluate where, where, where the resources go, right? It's like, I get the big pot of money and I guess my job is to get input and then decide, all right, where does the money go? And uh, then the last thing, and I think this is most important is simply get out of the way. Like most not most, a lot of leaders I know, um, tend to get in the weeds and (laughs) listen, if you did your job and you hired the right people and you're, you know, you're compensating them accordingly, then they should do their job and you should trust them and you should have a decentralized, uh, system. And, and guess what? I guess, I guess the last thing maybe I talk (laughs) about is, um, you know, hire, slow fire fast, right? Uh, if, if someone's not a fit, if someone doesn't do their job, my responsibility to my team members, as well as to my shareholders is to, you know, unfortunately get rid of that person and find a better resource. So, I mean, it sounds cruel and sort of brutal in a way, but, uh, it's a necessary evil, right. To grow something very quickly, because if not, you just, you drain time, you drain resources, and, and you really can't accelerate quickly. So, you know, I, you tie all those things back together and then you say, all right, that, that is my job. My job isn't to be the, the CMO. My job's not to be the, the chief sales officer or the CFO, right? My job's to be the, the CEO and, and find the best talent, resource them, provide the strategy and, and yeah, get, get out of the way and totally. be the face of the brand <laughs> and the company. And especially when you're a public company, you know, we're doing so many investor calls, conversations, earnings calls, things like that. Um, yep. You know, it's kind of like, that's, that's, that's my job. That's your main yeah. thing. So yep. it's, but it's, you just have to like, again, it goes back to, I guess, my military background of, you know, having, having that structure, having everything organized, having sure. people responsible. Um, and then, then the thing works uh, because if it, if you don't like, then chaos arises. And, right. <laughs> And as a as an investor, like why would you invest in my company if you didn't trust me, didn't trust my leadership team? Like you, as you know from your your experience and all the podcasts you've done, you know most people bet on the jockey, not the horse. And, right. and uh, you know my job is to demonstrate to the, the investor community that you know I'm the right jockey and my mm. team, you know, guess is the right horse as well. Dude, and we don't it. do horse food, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so good! Um, such great leadership advice, man. It's uh, and, and great brand. Yeah. You guys have so much growth in front of you. 
um, and growth potential, which I think is pretty exciting. Um, share with our audience where they can find you guys, connect with you, buy product. I know you've thrown around a bunch of different yeah. stores and, and retailers totally. today, but give us kind of the, the lowdown. Sure. So because I obviously believe really highly in our company and our stock, you know, our stock tickers, BTTR, we're on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, you can find more information on the public entity at betterchoicecompany.com. And then our Halo brand, which we sell under Halo Elevate and Holistic, is on halopets.com. You can also find it at Petco, Pet Supplies Plus, uh, Amazon Chewy, and then again from our own website, halopets.com. So uh, Leo is a big consumer of Halo Elevate. And <laughs> I tell you, it's, and once you get your dogs on it, Justin, it's the only yeah. dog food that I've ever put, put in a bowl. And within a minute, it's gone. Uh, it has extreme palatability because over 90% of the protein comes from animal protein. Wow, and it's freeze-dried, raw coated. So the dogs love it. And uh, to the point where he just had lunch and now he's been sleeping during our whole conversation. So I guess he's good to go. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I love it, man. It's so cool. Um, God, we could keep going. I, I usually try to keep these like 20, 25 minutes. And I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to cut it off. Um, I know, <laughs> it's good. Hey, listen, so great meeting you. So great having you here with us. So you got to come back on down the road, especially as, as the yeah, brand man. continues to grow. We'll definitely stay well, in only, touch. Only if your dog, only if you're eating dogs, Halo dog eating food. Halo. If not, we're, yeah, if not, we're done. I'll have proof. <laughs> I'll have the bags in front of me next time on the Zoom yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> Hundred percent, man, Scott. So, so great well, having thank, you on. Look yeah, forward to having you back. Thank you so much. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs>